This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories from people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Welcome to episode 25 of Glistening Particles. It's a big day. Um, According to Mike Dell of Blueberry, the podcast advisor extraordinaire, if a podcast makes it to episode 25, it is here to stay. So we are here to stay. In this episode, I'm talking with Izzy Arkin. He's the 30-year-old ninja, and he's a coach, and he's a pretty cool guy. So enjoy his story. Hey, Izzy. I'm not even going to welcome you to the show. I'm just going to say, hey, let's get started. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that was just for fun for everyone because we had a really bad false start on saying welcome to the show, which was I take full responsibility for. Um, (laughs) But welcome to the show. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. (laughs) And let's talk a little bit about how we met. How did we meet? We met through Dan. Dan, the coach. Yeah, that's how we met. Dan, the confidence coach. He's on another episode. That's how we met. And he's all the way around the world in New Mm -hmm. Zealand. How did you you guys meet? So I met Dan because we both were in uh, like a mastermind together um, to help learn how to build our coaching businesses. And we just connected because we had a similar sense of uh, beliefs about how the world worked. And we just started talking and the more and more we talked, the more we connected, the more we encouraged and supported each other. And years later, he has now connected you and I. That's so cool. Isn't it? Like who knew, who knew that was uh, going to happen? Yeah. yeah so we, I, Oh, go ahead. Can I throw out a thought? I, so here's yes. one of the thoughts that I have. And I was just thinking about that as you're like, how did we connect? Is it? So I think that a lot of times people listen to an interview like this and they're looking for explicit, very direct information. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is making a, a big assumption. And the assumption that's being made there is that I actually know what has led to my success. Right. Okay? And, and, and there's a problem with that because I could be totally wrong. <laughs> I could be missing a lot of the pieces or maybe those are part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you said, how do we get connected? The thought that came to my mind was, well, actually what's going on here is that like I connected with Dan many years ago because both Dan and I wanted to start getting involved with a community of peers that would support each other to grow and build and become better human beings that could make a bigger impact on this earth. Like there's an undertone there. And I think that wherever we go today, what's important for the individual who's listening isn't necessarily, there might be explicit things I say or explicit things you say, but what's the undertone? What's the, what, what are you actually seeing going on behind the scenes that is relative to, to their life and their vision and their purpose? Um, are you going to answer that? What's, what's behind the scenes? <laughs> Cause That's I, there, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll no, see. cause I think and, that like, you, here's what I was, what that, that made me think was the way that this happens, the way that you met Dan and I met you through Dan is that I think that what we're doing is we're constantly looking with eyes wide open of new opportunities to meet people or meet or have experiences that seem like uh, interesting, challenging, scary in a way, but bigger than what we're doing at the moment. And I think that's how these little connections happen. I mean, lots of them happen just out of like organically or serendipity. I won't be able to say that, but through serendipity, they just happen. But some of them are being inquisitive and really going, oh, that is really interesting. I want to know more about that. Or that person, I I can tell 
that they know something that I don't know, which really everybody does. Everybody knows something that I don't know, but you know what I mean? But there's something that I, that I, you know, no, it's the truth. It's, it's absolutely the truth because we can't all know all the same things. But, you know, I would see someone, I'm like, I want to know what it is that makes them tick because there's something in there that if I know that, that'll help me get to where I want to go. So I've tried to solve it. I've tried to boil it down, but I don't know if I have. <laughs> You're going all coachy on me now. I can tell. <laughs> Am I? Am I? You are. So why don't we, first of all, let's back it up a little bit um, and talk about how you, how you didn't start out as a coach from, from like high school to coach. There was a little bit of a detour in between. And why don't you talk about that? Cause I think that's a cool story. Just a slight detour slight. to an entire other country and throw my <laughs> career away and following childhood dreams. Yeah. All that. <laughs> all, the, all those things. So yeah. So I was a middle school teacher in Los Angeles, California, right after college. I did this uh, program called teach for America, which um, Teach for America is an organization that recruits future leaders to commit two years to teach in the highest need schools in the country. Um, so I was in South Central in Los Angeles, which, you know, intend huge uh, drug issues, huge violence, major gang issues, uh, crime at very, very high levels. And so the challenges that arise with that when I'm you know, teaching science to a group of seventh graders, um, when trying to get them to be fascinated by uh, biology, when you know, there's these major issues that are arising at home, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there, there's a whole foray of challenges that arise with that. But so I did that, and I, and I actually chose to do that for four years. So I stayed on for an additional two years. So I was getting my master's degree in education. So my fourth year teaching uh, in the inner city of Los Angeles, California, and essentially, basically, on the fast track to move up to move through my career and uh, be running my own school. Um, and But there was a major problem with it all. And the major problem being that although in theory my work sounded, you know, okay, here I am teaching these inner city children that are behind academically and, you know, showing up every day trying to make a difference, uh, the simple reality was that I was really unhappy. I had severe, impre- severe depression, intense anxiety. I had insomnia. I was unable to fall asleep. Or, and when I did fall asleep, I would wake up in the middle of the night with my heart pounding because I had such huge stress mm-hmm. and anxiety because I was just putting so much pressure on myself, mm-hmm. so much pressure on what I needed to do with each of the students. And so I realized that I couldn't keep living like this. And it re- it rocked me. It totally rocked me because... I had done everything that I was told to do. So I mm-hmm. went to college. I got a, I got a good degree. I was in a prestigious program, uh, Teach for America. I was teaching. I was doing work that was challenging. It was a professional career. I was a teacher. I was, I was getting higher degrees, a master's degree in education. I had a long-term plan in place. I was saving money every year. I was putting the you know, 20% into retirement. I just got a nice new car. I was saving for property. Mm-hmm. I had all of it. I mean, it was literally all there. And I also... At the time, had a girlfriend that was very physically nice to look at. <laughs> so, right? So, so, so I had everything. Oh, you know, all the things the paper. boys dream of, right? All the things the boys dream of. <laughs> There's a song <laughs> in there. We'll write that at the end. <laughs> and uh, and though, but the thing was, which rocked me so much, was the simple reality that I was very unhappy. So. It just naturally had me question everything, right? right? Like, why, like, what went wrong here? What mm-hmm. did I do wrong? Why is this happening? Why do I feel like this? And naturally within that, other questions arise. Well, if not this, then what? If not, what am I going to do with my life if I actually leave this? If I were to change, what would I do? And I think we often get these questions. They often arise for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we often just cut it off. Right. So, well, if I leave this, what would I do? And we use that as justification to not keep following the question because we don't have the answer immediately. And that's what I did initially. I mean, I would get panicked and I would get anxious and I'd ask the questions and get more panicked and more anxious. And but there was an answer that when I gave myself some space that would arise. Mm -hmm. And what that answer was, was I want to be a ninja. 
A ninja. And that made <laughs> and it made and that made no sense. No, 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 like no sense whatsoever because it's like, okay, like what do I want to do with my life? I want to be a ninja. And right. it, it's it it just was at first I just totally rejected. Well, it I sounds like insanity. It sounds like I mean, and I'm not judging it. I just mean like if I said like if I said I want to be a ballerina, I would be like, right. <laughs> That's going to happen now. Like I'm going to drop everything I'm doing, you know? And so Ninja has some level of that same idea, I think for you, like, how do you be a Ninja? People don't do that. No. So then what happened? Then, yeah. Then, then what happened is <laughs> I, I had the thought and the idea and then of course it just seemed nuts and crazy to me. And so I, I, I pushed it out. I just wouldn't allow myself to continue thinking down that road. Um, and, but I was honest. And so what started to happen at that point in time was because I was willing even to allow an answer to arise, mm -hmm. there was space being created. There was something inside of me that was allowing a little bit to come out. And so I would, I would talk to friends and talk to those that I loved and I would be really honest with them, vulnerable and tell them I'm struggling here. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I definitely don't want to continue down this road of with education because I'm just totally unhappy. Mm -hmm. um, and then they would sometimes say, well, what are you going to do instead? And I would jokingly say, I'm going to be a ninja. Um, and, it feels good to it say it out. It doesn't feel good to say it out loud though. That's, that's what I started doing with being a writer. I'm like, I'm not a published writer, but I would go around and say, because I started a blog, I'm a writer. Oh, I can't talk with you right now because I'm writing because I'm a writer. And I would just like say it. And then all of a sudden it kind of felt okay. Like maybe that is actually what's happening. Yeah, I think, yeah, for me at the time, I was just, I just hated the question, what are you going to do instead so much <laughs> that, uh, that by saying like, I just want to be a ninja, like it would lighten the mood. Oh, so right. I just got into the, got into the habit of it. But I think that what was actually going on is I was actually telling the truth. Um, mm. and so what then ended up happening, and this was about six months into the school year, I had a, I had a breakdown two months into the school year where I just totally broke down, broke down into tears, very emotional, uh, called my parents, went to my house, just crashed. Um, and that was when I started to begin to be very honest with myself, but it was about six months into the school year when it really clicked for me. And I said, okay, like I'm not doing this next year. So what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do with my life? And if I could do anything in the world, what would I do? And I just let my mind be with it. And I just, the same damn thing came up. <laughs> I want to be a, I want to be a ninja. And so I finally just like, okay, like, what does this mean? So I pulled out my journal and I started to write. I started to reflect on what is a ninja and what does that mean? And where does this come from? And as I did that, it started to become clear to me that I've always wanted to be a ninja. I used to dress up as a little ninja as a little child. Mm -hmm. um, I love martial arts movies all the time growing up. Jean-Claude Van Damme was my idol. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, all these movies and these actors, like, you know, Bruce Lee, Dolph Lundgren, Billy Blanks. I mean, I go through all these Billy Blanks before Tybo um, and all these. And as it started to click and, and make sense to me, um, I said, well, what actually is this? And I broke it down to three specific things mm -hmm. so that, that it's a ninja in my image as a childhood Right. dream as a child image a child's mind of a ninja it's three specific things moves it moves somewhere far away and mysterious okay? oh. and and in moving far away and mysterious they also they train intensely in martial arts mm -hmm. okay? give their self to some type of master some type of study and then the third thing is that they live life by their own rules um and i remember i wrote those three things down and i looked at mm -hmm. them and i said I can do that. Like I can do that. Though I mean, that's possible. You have really boiled it down because when you say something so unwieldy, like I want to be a ninja, no, most people can't figure out how that is. How do you do that? You really broke it down to something you could do. That's that's pretty amazing. I mean, really, it is. Like now, it's now it's doable. Oh, I go somewhere far away. I do lots of martial arts, and I live by my own rules. That people people can do that. Well, and that's, I think that's one of the biggest things is that it, we all have a different leaning. Mm -hmm. um, 
my leaning is visionary. Like I love to vision and dream and imagine these huge, incredible things. You know, I'm the type of individual who can sit at my house and think about the millions of lives that I want to impact. Mm -hmm. But then my name, my neighbor over there, who's, you know, that's, that's dropped something out of his back pocket. I noticed the window. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I feel like going and telling. Right. <laughs> like, of course I'm going to catch, I, I want to catch myself in that moment to help the one-on-one experience mm-hmm. to make the bigger impact. But my tendency, mm-hmm. I know that my tendency is going to always be to dream big, to think bigger. And then the details are going to be a little bit more difficult for me. Mm. Um, and so knowing that tendency, I think that one of the keys for me that has helped me kind of along this journey, um, is continually ident- making things tangible, right? Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Here's the idea I have. How do I know if I'm, if I'm moving towards that? What, how does it become yes or no? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then also then just boiling it down to straight up, like what are the specific actions I can take to move towards that? Um, so how did you do with that with ninja hood? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so the first thing was that I realized, like, holy crap, I can do that. Like, this, this is viable. This is possible. So I began to look up stuff. And I started to think about, well, where would I want to go? Like, I could go somewhere and just study martial arts. And that, by its very nature, is living life by its own rules. And at that time, I was studying Aikido. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aikido is a Japanese art. And so I thought, huh, well, let me just look up, like, what if I move to Japan? <laughs> um, and so I start looking up stuff and the whole thing is, is what's imp- that was an action. And mm-hmm. That was a powerful action. Just beginning to look up things and get an idea and get thoughts. And I started to realize, Oh, I could get a job teaching English. There's tons of jobs, opportunities for t- mm-hmm. teaching English. Um, and so I then, as, as I, as I began to, to do that and there's kind of, there is a lot in between, but mm-hmm. within a year and a half, I ended up, I got rid of all my things, uh, minus my car, which I just left at my parents' place. And I got on a plane and I moved to Japan. Um, and that's the thing you say it like in that, those three, two or three sentences, but so much happened in between, but here's what I, here's my question for you. Once you decided that was, you know, the direction you were heading and you had to do all that work to get from A to B from, you know, California to Japan. How, like, how did you feel during that period compared to how you felt before you decided you wanted to be a ninja? Well, I, I mean, I felt so liberated. Right. Um, That's the perfect word. That is. I, I, you know, I made, I made a decision. Right. Right. And I think the thing when I look back at that time was, I just, I made a decision and nothing was going to stop me. Mm-hmm. I was, I, I was cool with it it screwing up or not working or following through. I applied to different programs to teach English. And I just assumed if I don't get into this one, I'll get into the next one. Mm-hmm. If I don't get into this one. And so I, I just had, I was committed and I made a decision that this is what I was going to do. And everything for me just became part of the process. And kind of um, a game. Doesn't it start to become really fun? It yeah, it just wasn't. Um, it wasn't. Gru- it just, I mean, it's not grueling anymore. It's not pressure because you know that there's an end to what's not good, and there's something new coming that has to be better in some way. Yeah, yeah. It was an interesting. I mean, it's an interesting process because that part of my journey, which I think a lot of people, when I when I've shared my story, my journey, because I ended up, you know, I, I lived in Japan for four years. I studied martial arts very intensively there. I'm burning a second degree black belt. And I built a business during that entire time as well that allowed mm. me to travel around the world and share my story and, you know, support other people to follow what they want to, to follow for their dream, for their desire, for their heart. Um, but what's interesting is that it, you'd think in all of that process, well, you know, the hard part was probably getting to Japan. Like that was the, the, you know, leaving an entire culture, entire life to exist in this other world where I could not speak any other language. I didn't know anyone. I had no idea what the culture and the way the world worked over there was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that it was pretty, uh, I never really had a difficult time with any, with getting there. <laughs> that part wasn't I know that, you know, my, my, cha- my trip or whatever, my journey was that I took that changed things for me was short, definitely shorter 
and in the United States and all these things. So it's very different. But once I decided that's what I was going to do, there were tons of obstacles for what I wanted to do. But every one of them was so fun to overcome because I knew that there was this thing on the other side of it that I was so excited about that all the obstacles were, were just like, it was like uh, a game. It was like a game. Did you find that too? Um, once I think getting to Japan, Mm -hmm. um, it was all to me. I was just totally, I just knew that it would happen and I wasn't necessarily in a rush for time. I just knew I was going to. So that there was, you know, it was, it was funny because I mean, I, I laughed about it a lot because I, you know, I quit my career as a teacher. I ended up moving in with my parents for a year. I got part-time work in the local community where I grew up in. And it was funny because I, I remember I was joking with a friend and going, yeah, so now I'm, and initially when I moved back home, I was unemployed. So I was saying, yeah, I've, I've quit my entire career. I'm <laughs> unemployed. I'm 26 years old. And I'm living with my parents and I'm doing this all under the guise of I'm going to go become a ninja. (laughs) It's such a good story, though. It's such a good story and it happened. That's what I love about it. I mean, you can keep saying it and making like, like seeing it, seeming how unreal it sounded at the time. But now look, it's such a good story. So are you officially a ninja? Like, do you have a certificate of ninjahood or something like that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have a, I have a certificate for second degree black belt, but I I don't quite, I don't quite have the official ninja certification though by my childhood standards, I think that I I, I might be meeting the bill. All right. Um, Yeah. We'll accept that. We'll accept that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, what I would, what I would say to it though, that's, um, the biggest challenge for me is once I got to Japan, hmm, that was so. actually that, um, that's where I really got my identity challenged. And when hmm. I say my identity challenged is that I still, when I went to Japan, I saw it as something where, well, I'll do it for a couple of years. I'll go to Japan for a year or two. And I'll do martial arts and then I'll come back and figure out this kind of career life thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I might come back to America and start teaching again at another school or doing something like that. So it's almost like I viewed it as a getaway, not necessarily a new way of living. Mm-hmm. And once I got to Japan, I began to realize that I, that I needed more. That, that that just that even just going to this foreign country and I lived in the countryside by a bunch of rice fields, um, you know, to teach English and uh, what actually happened that rocked me a whole bunch was that there were no martial arts in the community. There were there was no Aikido and. I thought some, I, I, when I moved to Japan, I was just naive and I assumed there's got to be Aikido everywhere. Where, where <laughs> like at every corner, like at every corner, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I just I just assumed somewhere there would be it within a reasonable vicinity, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there wasn't. And that was the first time I really began to experience work because before that I'd heard so much and read so much about oh, you know, you follow your dreams and then everything opens up and all mm-hmm. the doors open. And and initially the doors did, but then it was like here was the first test where it's like mm-hmm. okay, I'm now in Japan. I've committed to a one year contract to teach English and I came here to do Aikido and this community right here has no Aikido. Mm. And so why am I here exactly? Uh Um, and, and I had went there in faith. So for me, I believed, um, that God wanted me there. And Mm -hmm. so I really wrestled with it though. Cause it was like, well, God, if you brought me here, why am I not doing any martial arts? There's mm-hmm. no Aikido in this community. My uh, my job, they, they gave me very, very, very little responsibility there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was basically like a, a tape recorder with a pulse, which in other words, that means I would just mm-hmm. open a textbook and say English words. Okay. So a nice, a nice, clear American mm-hmm. uh, English. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I wasn't getting fulfilled there. And I wasn't doing martial arts and I couldn't communicate with anyone in my community because they all spoke Japanese and I didn't speak any Japanese at the time. (laughs) And it was a countryside community. And so they didn't really have big need for English. So very few people actually spoke English. Hmm. Um, And so here I was and it was and and 
I remember being there and I was coming off the train one day and I was sitting there and I was like, gosh, like, you know, I thought this was going to be so different. Like I thought I was going to get here and I do martial arts and mm-hmm. be so interested and so engaged. And I really just, I feel confused and I was looking around and I just saw this different world and it was, and just the trees and I just was, and it was during the winter and it was cold. And I just thought to myself, like, like this, this, this can't be it. Like this mm-hmm. isn't, this, this can't be it. I go, there, there's more. And that's when I realized that's right. Like it's, I haven't done anything wrong here. It's just that I want more than I initially thought I wanted. I mm-hmm. want more. And what I realized the more was, was I don't want to do this as a getaway. I don't want a vacation. I want a new lifestyle. I want mm-hmm. to do work. I want to do work that I'm passionate about. I want to have a life that I love. I want to be convicted and committed to something. Mm-hmm. And I realized I wasn't. And that was the issue. The issue was that I wasn't really convicted and committed. And so I began at that point in time, while in Japan, mm-hmm. beginning to go through the existential questions of what's my purpose? Like, why am I here? Well, it's almost like you were doing the same thing that you were doing back home in a different, just in a different setting with different challenges. You know what I mean? So you were teaching kids. It wasn't fulfilling you. There were challenges. You were isolated in a sense, which you probably felt some of that in your other job because of just the environment. So all of those same parameters were there in a sense but just a different location, different scenery. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And it's one of the, and I think that that's a, it's common that like these things like beat us over the head until mm-hmm. we get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. It's, it, it, it's the same thing. And so I went, I mean, that's, I went through a process of months. I read book after book. I took test after test. I took online courses, all these things to try and, you know, figure out my purpose. And then, in the middle of the night, one day, uh, while in Japan, I was actually there at this point for, it was around February, March, of 2013, 2012, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I woke up in the middle of the night and I, I just woke up and I said, Oh my God, I get it. Like, Oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. it's so obvious. Like, I know exactly what I want to do. It's the same thing that I came here to do. I just, I, I woke up and I go, and I popped out of bed and I said, I, I'm going to find a dojo to train. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to finish out my contract here at this job that I have. I'm going to leave the countryside. I'm going to find a city that has great Aikido and I'm going to train it intensely and I'll do, I'll do part-time teaching English just enough to cover my expenses. I'll use the rest of the time to, to be able to train in martial arts mm-hmm. and I'm going to share my story. I'm going to write it out. I'm going to share it with the world because I know there's someone else out there wanting to follow a crazy dream. And this is going to turn into a business. I have no idea how, but it's going to. Mm. So that was the, like the big wake up moment right there. February, yeah. 2012. <laughs> that was, well, it's like, you know, it's how it's like, it's again, right. It's like, it's, it's, but that was, and I woke up and the next day I began the 30 year old ninja. Oh. Um, Wow. And, and, and understanding too, that prior to that, I probably had like 20 ideas. I had so many ideas and I, I, you know, when I discovered, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make my purpose, mm-hmm. finding my purpose. Um, that was, that was that initial moment in Japan when I said, I want more, I want more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just, I had idea after idea after idea. And I had ideas in the morning that were incredible and great. And then by the afternoon, I thought they were horrible and stupid and pointless. Um, I do that uh, too. I get that. Yeah. (laughs) But that's part of it because actually each of those ideas, like we just have to keep the idea door open Mm -hmm. because eventually that one's going to come through. That's the exact one. But sometimes actually, and don't you find that having ideas that turn out to be bad later in the day, a bunch of times, then when you get the one that really keeps sticking, you kind of know then that it's for real. Like if we just had one and ran on it, you wouldn't have that for sure knowing, but then, you know, yeah, I mean, so I, I, my, my hesitation is that one of the biggest things I've learned that I'm a big believer is, you know, you just got to take action. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, sometimes the only way to know is to take action and often we're terrified. So, so one of the things that I, that I find 
and, and I've been in it just as we all have, is that sometimes we treat our feelings like God. And so it's like, oh, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I don't know if I feel like it. And it's like, well, so, and the problem with that is that sometimes we have created a reality, a way in which our world works in which, of course, it's going to feel bad. That's, mm-hmm. that's the reason we haven't gone to that next level. If it felt good, we would have done it years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be willing to work through it. And of course, there's like, there's the working through it. And then it points, then at a point in time, it'll be like, oh my goodness, like this feels, this is so right. But often the working through it can be extremely challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's such a, a power in being willing to take action. And then after that, then see how, then we check in with ourselves and be willing to, to feel on that. But sometimes I just, I've just seen it so many times in myself. I see it so many times in other people where they go, well, I just, I, I don't know if that, if, if that feels good. And it's like, well, you know, what, what's the bigger vision here? What's, what, what are you going for? And are you willing to experiment? Are you willing to fail? Um, well, I, like an example, I think I have an example of that, if you don't mind. Of Go for it. So growing up, we took, I think, maybe three vacations, three. I'm not kidding. And all of them were super ten- tense and stressful. And I would sense my parents, you know, tension through the entire time, you know, a trip to Florida, chaos, a trip to Washington, D.C., chaos. And they were great parents. They just they just weren't travels. They didn't travel well together, I think. Or maybe it was just all of us kids, whatever it was. It was always very tense and we didn't do it often. So we weren't well seasoned at it. So then as I became an adult. I didn't really have this passion to travel. I didn't know that because I didn't, my experiences with it were not great. And then um, I would go on some trips with my own family and I felt that same tension. But then somewhere along the way, I kept feeling this urge to see new places. It was, it was very palpable. I want to see new places. I want to go places. But ultimately, I wanted to go by myself and just really experience things alone. And um, that seemed really scary because, boy, all those other trips were, had all their challenges. So I finally started pushing myself into that, even though it felt scary. And now I cannot get enough of it. Like right now, I'm actually I'm actually like in a lull. Like I'm, I realized just the other day, why am I kind of not as excited about everything as I usually am? What is it? And it's because I don't have my next trip planned. And as soon as I have that, everything else will become fun because it's all heading towards the next trip, whatever it is. What was the time space between if you, of like the very first time you could recall ever having this urge to travel, like, like on your own, this, this feeling versus when you finally did it? Oh gosh, probably about five or six years, a long time, a long time. It took me way too long. (laughs) <laughs> but it is what it is, you know, it can't, can't yeah. go back, but that now, but now it's, and, and our pattern uh, was maybe once a year we would go on a trip, but now that I'm traveling alone, I want to go like five times a year. So it's really changed my life a lot because I'm, it's, I'm like a, I'm like a solo travel junkie is what I would call it right now. I just can't wait for the next trip. So now I'm figuring out how to do shorter ones so I can get more in. I can go for a long weekend too. Boston, that would work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that it's so fascinating. I know when I was, so when I was, when I was in Japan, what I ended up doing is it was a, a tense, intensive martial arts training program where it was, uh, uh, it was a see at the dojo, 7am to 2pm, five days a week, very intense mm-hmm. training. You know, we clean the toilets and I, it was, it was very, 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 uh, intense the physical aspect and training that was for a year so i was actually it was an 11 month program i ended up doing that for two years and i remember that you know i had basically that started in april of 2013 i had in march of 2012 is when i kind of had this idea that i was going to move to this other city and do this martial arts and all this and it was interesting because i ended up moving to kyoto and after moving to kyoto is when i found out about this program Mm -hmm. right and it's like and that's 
kind of that urge in those moments where we have along the journey where it's like, oh my God, this is so right. Like everything feels so good and it's so exciting. And so then I committed to doing the program and I remember like the weeks and days leading up to the program, mm-hmm. I started to get super nervous. I was going to say, anxious. that's a scary undertaking. That many days yeah. a week, that many hours. I bet. It, and, and I remember the day before. I, I've It was just such a distinct day for me because I thought the years prior to that, that the day before that, I would just feel so excited and <laughs> like, oh my God, all these things that I'm like, I've wanted to do. I'm actually doing it. And there's a process and oh my goodness. And I remember the day before I was, I was so anxious and I was so nervous. And I remember I was journaling about it, trying to kind of get a better sense of it. And I realized while I was journaling that one of the things that was so terrifying for me is if I don't love this, then mm. what the hell am I going to do? Right. Be- oh, because yeah. I, I really was going all in on like, okay, I'm really like, I've moved to the other side of the world. I've given up an entire career here. I've mm-hmm. sold all my things. And now like I'm, and I've built a community and I've started to build a business at that point in time around mm-hmm. this concept. And what if I train in this and I, I do this and it actually turns out I really don't like it. And what if even worse, like I want to quit in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And I started to feel these like huge emotions and feelings of why did I do this? And what was I thinking? And maybe I should put it off for a year. And like, but I couldn't, I'd already made the payment. I'd already made the commitment. I'd already made it public. Like I already committed to live another year in Japan for all this. And so I was in this moment. Um, and, and it's interesting when, and, and the real fear in that space was what if I give everything I have and it still isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, which, it's almost like a free fall. Hmm. Don't you think hmm. like you're taking the, the big free fall leap? Yeah. I mean, I was just, I, 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 I just, I, I still to this day, like think it's such a fascinating kind of conundrum of like, what if I try my very best mm-hmm. and I fail and, I, and, I, and, but my gut level reaction at the time was, oh, I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't right. have tried my best, which it continues to make me wonder in my life to this very day, where am I doing that now? Mm-hmm. Right. Where is it that I actually end the thing was, as I have doing the program, it was, it was very, very challenging, of course, as one would expect it to be. And it was also one of the most rewarding, most transformative experiences of my life. Um, and so it's, it's a bit of a, a bit of a juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's such a, yeah, I mean, I, this is, a, I don't know what your experience has been with following your journey, but it's, you know, these it, are the challenges. Well, if you get to that point where it's not right, where it's not the thing, then what? That I, I mean, I, I understand that I've had that in other ways. And I like to think that every time that happens, it's because I'm gaining more clarity. You know, I'm, I, I mean, every experience is giving me something new. Every experience is giving me either it's giving me at the at the basic level what I like or don't like. You know, and so even if I now, I mean, that's a huge thing. If you went through what you did, where you literally gave up everything to do this thing, that would have been tough if you didn't like it or it, it wasn't what you wanted. But even on a, a smaller scale, we still do things. We throw ourselves into things new and, it, and we should do that because that's the only way we know what we like or don't like. I mean, I'm doing that all the time, actually way too much sometimes I think. And then, but, but at the same time I'm learning in rapid fire right now. It's, it's, I'm on like the fire hose of learning year, I think. What would you have done if, if you had gotten in there and it wasn't what you wanted? Like if people do that, if that happens, what would you have done? Yeah. Do you think? Well, I think, it, and I think that's the, and the funny thing is, is that I actually have done that so many times over the past many years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't aware, but I, I think a good way to answer it is I remember when I began to build the 30 year old ninja and started to build my own business and sharing my journey and really decided I'm going to go for this. Um, you know, and for me, when I say go for this, what I meant is, you know, like leave the countryside of Japan, go all in on martial arts, go all in on my dreams, like really go for it and share my story with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and see if I could turn it into a business. And um, a, a buddy of mine, and I shared it with different people to get their thoughts on it and stuff. And a buddy of mine reached out to me and said, hey, man, I think there's a really important question you, you have to ask yourself about what you're building here. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, what is it? And he goes, what if over you, you take the next two years of your life and it totally fails? Like you get no business out of this. It doesn't work. Totally flops. Um, and you waste two years of your life. Like, mm-hmm. how, how are you going to feel about that? And I remember sitting there and my response to him was, you don't get it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's impossible. It is impossible for me to waste the next two years of my life if I'm actually going for this. Because let's say I, I totally go for it and I really push myself and I really strive and I invest money and resources and time and energy and everything I got and it fails. Well, well, I will learn and grow in such a way that my next venture, the next thing I step up to do, the next thing I step up to create, the the, the thing, the impact I will make on this world will come as a result of this experience. Mm. And, you know, I mean, the, the simple answer to it is that, you know, if it didn't work out, I mean, what I probably would have done is I would have woke up in the morning and then kept on moving. <laughs> and that, I mean, oh, I love that because I, someone just mentioned that. We were just talking about that today about it. None of it is a waste of time because I think when you, when you're trying to get to something and move forward and you have a lot of excitement about life and, and experiences, sometimes I, I have that feeling. I'm like, oh, I'm wasting my, you know, I'm wasting time. I'm not getting there fast enough. But if I'm spending every day feeling like this, like this voice that you're hearing, then it can't be wasting time. You know what I mean? Now, when I used to be like on the treadmill of, you know, watching TV every night, eating lots of processed food, kind of zoning (laughs) out, then yes, I could call that some time wasting for sure. But at the same time, it got me to here. So I'm not going to debate that. But when you feel like this every day, it can't be wasting time. It just can't be. Yeah. And And, and that's, but that's like, that's to me, like, that's the key is like, my life and your life our like life is right now like this is life and so i want to be enjoying it i want to be experiencing it and so that means if i'm going to sit here and judge the hell out of everything i'm doing and the choices i've made like that that's not re that's not enjoying life Mm -hmm. and so like going for what i want knowing when i wake up in the morning that and knowing when i go to bed at night that you know what I, I may have screwed up. I may have failed today. I may have offended quite a few individuals. I, I may have fallen on my face, but you know what? I went for it. I'm mm-hmm. going for my dreams. I'm going for my goals. I'm going for what I want. And that feels good. Mm-hmm. That is exciting. You know, and so that having that energy combined with like a beautiful hike in the mm-hmm. woods and like playing sports and checking out the ocean and having an incredible conversation with the barista at the coffee shop that, you know, that this is, I, I've, I've fallen victim many a times to as soon as, you know, in three mm-hmm. months, once my business gets this one, as soon as I'm a black belt, I'll be happy. As soon as I'm in Japan, mm-hmm. I'll be happy. As soon as I can travel around the world with my business, I'll be happy. As soon as I give a speech, I'll be happy. As soon as the, this happens, I'll be happy. And then going, well, every time I get to these points, why is it that I'm still saying as soon as? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's it exactly like how, like right now, I'm pretty happy. I'm happy having this conversation with you. You know what I mean? Earlier, I was happy having a conversation. Earlier from that, I was happy, you know, taking care of my child and doing something with him. It's like, that's it. And each moment that we're happy, that all creates a happy life. If you string them together. So I have to ask you this as we get here into the 50-minute marker. Um, what else are you curious about now besides ninjas? Has there been anything else kind of uh, calling your attention besides your uh, work and ninjas these days? Oh, Something completely new? and totally, yes. What um, is it? What is it? 
so so it shifted as time goes on, right? I spent so much, I've spent the past many years kind of working on myself, figuring out what I want to do and impact all those things. I'm really convicted and committed to being able to transform my local community here. Mm. Um, it's it, to me, it, you know, we we learn these principles, these concepts, personal development, growth, goal setting, going for your goals, going for your dreams, and all these things, and they're incredible. But and the simple reality is that I want to be able to make real change, and I think that I, I began to make change by. I spent so many of the past years thinking on this grand, huge scale. I'm going to impact international and da da da. But my thought process has now shifted to my local community. And so, what I'm now super uh, excited and fascinated by is I want to bring these principles and concepts into um, the community's high risk uh, individuals in the community. And so, what that means, it actually means with working with foster kids. Um, as, as well as with, uh, kids on probation and as well as with parents in CPS child protective services that have had their children, um, taken away from them by the state because of the choices that they made. Those are the individuals that I've, and I've just begun the process of facilitating that in the community, um, to, to work with those individuals, to have the, to, to bring those principles to that sort of bring, how do you, what goals do you have? And, and to use these concepts with individuals that have may never have been exposed to it. Um, I want to be able to create change on that level. And as I work on that level, then I want to start to work myself more and more into the community and actually get higher level positions within my community, because I believe that that's how we can create real change. Mm. Um, on a community by community so, level, you know, rather than trying to always look at the whole world, try to do it one by one and then they add up. Yeah. 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 And I'm in love with history. I think history is the coolest thing ever. I think, I think that if, if we don't study history, I think we get totally overwhelmed by what's happening presently in the world. Mm -hmm. But when we actually look at history, it can, is so incredibly grounding and amazing and so enriching to discover just how civilizations have functioned and worked throughout. You know, we're like a blip of a blip of a blip on the whole day. <laughs> So what is it that you're, how are you tying that or weaving that into your work, your love of history? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably where I start to get so convicted to be able to want to create change in my community because like you and I, like we are history, we are living history, right? Like you mm -hmm. have, right? So, so we, our relationships, the people that we impact, the communities that we have, like we, we are real history. We are, we impact the people around us. And so what I find is that probably on the most simple, like basic level is that when I read, you know, when I read, for example, East of Eden, Steinbeck talking about the Salinas Valley and the, the trees and just the, the way it's set up, all of a sudden I feel like, oh my God, like my life is a story and look at all of the things happening around me and mm -hmm. like, like what story do I want to live? And, and I'm creating history, like my life is history no matter what. And, you know, what I, what I want, what I read my story, if I'm sitting on my ass just watching TV, like, is that a story? Would I be engaged by this or would I throw the book away? Right. Would I buy my, my life's book? Um, <laughs> I, I think I just said it the other day. I feel like I'm living um, specifically to write my memoirs right now. <laughs> like that's what's out. That's what's out in front, even though I'm not sure that will ever happen. But it feels like that. I like everything I'm doing right now feels like that's going to be a really good piece of the story down the road, <laughs> which is kind of fun. It might be boring, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. So um, that was all some pretty good stuff. So if people are interested in becoming a ninja, they can talk to you, right? <laughs> and um, well, I'm sure you'll get lots of calls from and emails from 10 to 12 year olds or so. <laughs> and then if people would like to talk with you about the work that you're doing individually as a coach or in your community, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So I always love to super ground level. So, um, I mean, you just shoot me an email, Izzy, okay. I-Z-Z-Y at 30 year old ninja.com. Um, if anyone actually were to, to just reach out to me, and so 30 is the number. So Izzy, I-Z-Z-Y, at 30, 30, yearoldninja.com. Um, 
you know, they can feel free to reach out to me and okay. share with me what kind of biggest takeaways or insights are from this interview. If anyone wanted, um, you know, some tools or resources to get more clear on what their vision actually is, mm-hmm. I'd be glad to send them that because I have a ton of stuff on that. Um, and being able to also break it down into daily actions and steps, it is just reach out to me and I would be glad to share that. Can I do that? Can I reach out to you for that too? I think I would like yes. that. <laughs> my email, my email is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's already being typed up. Okay. And, and then you have a, an, a website as well, right? Yeah. So you go 30 year old ninja.com and that's the number, or you can go, why not live an awesome life.com. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. So yeah. And, and one thing I like to do that's also just fun and, you know, I always, it's an interesting thing. I'm going to say it out loud and okay. it's still even saying this out loud, it still has the same impact. It's incredible to me is that, um, you know, if someone feels really inspired and wants to reach out to me, 707-485-4064, that's my phone number. And what fascinates me about this is that when I first did it, I did it because I felt super uncomfortable doing it. And I thought, I can't do that. What if this happens? What if that? And I said, uh-huh. you know what, I'm going to do it. But what I've noticed in the process is that only people that really like, it's a certain type of individual who has the willingness to be like, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to reach out. Um, and so if you're that individual who is that type that wants to go for it, then feel free call me or shoot a text message. That is super bold. I don't know if I'll ever get that bold. I will. I will. (laughs) I will. So I will have all that stuff up in the show notes too, in case you didn't catch it. And um, this has been a pleasure. This has been so much fun hearing your story, Izzy. Thank Thank you for being here. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. All right. I think that's a first, a guest giving out their phone number at the end of an episode. So I would definitely encourage you to take him up on that and give him a call or a text and see what he has to say. He's pretty amazing. What I took away from this show was the reminder that when we go after something that gets us really excited, it might not actually be that thing. That is um, what we're going to end up doing. Maybe it's just leading us to that moment where you wake up and go, wait, I want more. This wasn't really the thing. And I'm going to pay more attention to that because I know I'm in a state of flux myself, going after a lot of different things and really paying attention to when I get there to the thing or whatever it is that's really what I want or if I want more. So I hope you um, think about it as well. And a quick reminder, uh, now that we're on episode 25 and we are for sure out here to stay, I would love it if you could share the podcast with your friends, share the iTunes or share it on your Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or wherever you are. I'd sure appreciate it so we can get a few more listeners and get the stories out further. Thanks for listening.